podcast going. That way, if one don't work, the other one will. So, but today, Holy Spirit's led me to the book of Psalms. We're going to pray some Psalms over our families and our situations in our life. You know, we go through things. Um, we have struggles and trials, and, and we have these days where it is just hard to get up. It's hard to pray. You know, we feel like the devil's hitting us with one thing after another, or the world's hitting us with one thing after another. We feel like there's never going to be a light at the end of the rainbow, but I can tell you there is. There's always a light. You know, and, and we're gonna, I'm going to ask you guys to pray with me for me, because tomorrow I'm going to have two injections into my knees, and um, my doctor's going to let me know what we're going to do from there on one of them. Um, apparently, I ran out. I'm a quart low of, of fluid in my knees. Um, that's a joke I've been telling uh, one of our church members today was, I was like, I told him I was two quarts low, one in each knee. So God's, God's got a way to fix things, and he uses doctors, he uses our faith. Um, he knows that I need some help in both areas, faith and with the doctor. So we're going to trust that, I, I know that he sent me to this doctor, that this is a, a good man who um, has taken care of me for the last, oh, say 12 or 13 years. And he's been really good. Um, he's done several surgeries on me that's helped repair things that just age and, and starting work young. I'm, I was telling my granddaughter today, she's five, and I was telling her that when I was her age, I was working on a farm. From the age of five up, I can remember working. And I wore out my body early a little bit. Different parts of my body just um, don't respond like they should. And sometimes they need a little surgical help or, or injection help. They, they just need a little help along the way. And we're all like that. We are all, it doesn't matter what your age is, you can wear your body out. You can keep doing and doing and doing until there's nothing left except getting help. And there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean you don't have faith. It means that Sometimes we ignore the warnings that God gives us. Sometimes we ignore God saying, don't do this, don't do that, or you need to stop. And especially when we're young, we think we're invincible, we're Superman, Superwoman, Batgirl, Bat, you know, Wonder Woman, whatever. We're not. And our bodies are the temple of God, and that's why it's very important to take care of it from what you eat, from what you wear, from how you treat it. If you're if you're if you stretch your body beyond what it can do then you are sinning because God said your body is his temple do not push your body to the point of collapse we have got to take care of our bodies because our bodies are his temple and his, he dwells in us to show others himself so we need to remember that you know King David was a perfect example of God dwelling in someone because he was a man after God's own heart, but even he screwed up a lot. You know, King David wasn't perfect. And if you think you're perfect, you better go look in the mirror and you better get on your knees because the Bible says no one is perfect except Jesus. Somewhere in our life, there's a flaw, whether it's a bad thought that we didn't take captive or whether it's a, a, just a bad feeling towards someone um, or whether we've said a white lie, you know, those little ones, those little lies that we say aren't bad. Yeah, all lies are bad. Just so you know, the lake of fire is going to be filled with people that told white lies and thought it was okay. 
We don't need to be sinning. And if you think that you are perfect, you are a liar and you make God a lie. And the Bible says that it's not true because there's none perfect but Jesus. I don't see anybody in this earth. I've never even heard of anybody except Jesus doing a 40-day fast, coming out of the desert and being alive and still managing not to sin when he was hurting when he was in misery, when he was suffering. Jesus did all those things, and we're not Jesus. Our job is to strive to be like him. But even Paul, the great Apostle Paul, was not Jesus. He did not, he did not become Jesus. He did not work like Jesus. He was as good as he could be um, for who he was and for his time, you know. But he was flesh and blood. God, Jesus was flesh and blood as well, but he was more than that. He tapped in spiritually to God in a way, he had a desire to do it, that he shut everything else out and did it. Now, if we could do that, I'm not saying we can't, and I'm not saying do it. I'm just saying, let's try to be Christ-like. And in doing Christ-like things is loving like he did, uh, ministering like he did, Worshiping God like he did, you know, without any reservation, totally surrendering to God. You know, like I said, King David is awesome, but he had his flaws. But what I love, um, you know, he did pray a lot of prayers to God. He wrote Psalms to God, um, and we can pray um, Psalms 103. If anybody out there has a need for healing right now, whether it's a headache, uh, you stubbed your toe, whether it's cancer, whether it's um, AIDS or hepatitis or the common cold or COVID again or whatever, put your faith with mine as I read this scripture to you guys. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all mine iniquities and who heals all my diseases, who redeems my life from destruction and crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. Wouldn't it be great to soar like an eagle? We're not ducks and we're not buzzards. We are supposed to be eagles. We are supposed to soar high in God, we are supposed to be majestic and beautiful and, and, and strong and powerful and able to reach miles and miles of territory for God. But anyway, we need to get our youth renewed like the eagles. Eagles live a long life when they're not killed or something like that. But in the natural, they are very long-lived. You know, King David had a lot of scripture, like I said. Um, he, he didn't just ask God for healing. He thanked him for it. We need to thank God for our healing. Call it those things that are not as though they were. Say, God, thank you for healing my body. Thank you for touching me right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the headache being gone. 
Thank you for the soreness in my toe that I hit being gone. Thank you for healing this cancer. Thank you for healing AIDS. Thank you for healing um, hepatitis. Thank you for healing MS. Thank you for healing every disorder in the world. Thank you for healing cirrhosis of the liver. Thank you for delivering me from alcohol. Thank you for delivering me from drugs. Thank you for delivering me from pornography. Thank you for delivering me from tobacco. Thank you for delivering me from pornography. Thank you for delivering me from hatred, from bitterness. For Thank you for delivering me from all these things, Father. Thank you for delivering me from these so that now I may walk in the total healing of God, that I may walk in the abundance of the, the blood of Jesus that was shed for me on Calvary. Thank you for the 39 stripes that he took so that I could be healed of every single thing that was and is and will, is to come. I give you honor, praise, and glory, and I just worship you for it, and I thank you. Thank you, God. And if you can't thank God, there's something wrong. Get off your do-nothing and, and start thanking him. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Get up and thank God. And I mean that. I don't know who I'm talking to, but Holy Spirit said get up and thank God. Because you're breathing, you're moving, and you're living. You have a family. You have friends. God said get up and thank him. Stop being selfish with your praise. Don't keep your praise to yourself because it belongs to God. It doesn't belong to you. Give it to Him. Has He blessed you this week? Have you been blessed in any way? If you woke up this morning, you're blessed. If you were able to eat today, you were blessed. If you were able to walk today, you are blessed. If you're able to read today, you're blessed. If you're able to hear today, you're blessed. Think about it. There's people that aren't, aren't as fortunate. And you know what? <laughs> the devil's going to try to keep people unfortunate as long as he can his job is to try to kill steal and destroy that's what he would like to do and you know what we're not gonna let him it's up to you to stop him stop letting the devil take over your life and your family put your foot down have enough and say i'm done and say no matter how crazy or how stupid my family acts I'm not going to go there. I'm not giving up. I'm not going to stop praying for them. I am going to continue to pray for them. I'm going to do what I have to do to make sure that God hears my prayers so that this person can be ministered to no matter what way God does it. It don't have to be through me, but I know that God can save my child, my parent, my aunt, my uncle, my grandparent brother, sister, niece, nephew. God can do it. He saved my parents before they passed. You know, August is a hard month for me because on the 7th of August, my dad passed. Two weeks later, my mom passed. It was very difficult. And this year is two years. It's still fresh. You know, pastor just went through it with his dad in March. When that time rolls around, he, he, knows what, he's, he knows what to expect. If you've lost a loved one, don't let grief overtake you. King David lost an unborn child, and he could have let grief overtake him because he loved Bathsheba and he loved his child. But the child was conceived in sin. And David knew that what he did was sin. And he had no business asking God to fix his sin. 
God will not bless your mess. He can't. It's impossible. You make a mess, you need to get out of your mess and let God bless you afterward. But he can't bless you in your mess. When you're living in sin and you're walking in sin and you're doing everything in sin, God can't bless your mess. He's telling you, get out of the sin and then I can bless you. Get out of the sin and follow me. Surrender to me. I can bless you then. But if he does it while you're in your mess, he's going against his word. Because he tells each one of us to turn from our wicked ways. To turn to righteousness. To surrender to him. To let Jesus become our Lord and Savior. And let the Holy Spirit be our guide. You can't do that. It's probably the easiest thing in the world to do. It's harder to be a sinner than it is to be saved, I found out. I know other people say it the other way around. It's easier to be a sinner. It is in some instances because you know what? You just don't care. But I guarantee you're miserable. I guarantee you hate every minute of your life. You can't stand the fact that you have to sin to be happy because there's always consequences to your sin. If you're getting drunk, it's a headache afterward. If you did something really stupid, it's regret. And it never leaves you. And, and guess what? Satan never lets you forget it. But God does. His word sets you free. You know, in Psalms 104, it says, I bless the Lord on my soul. O Lord, my God, thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. Who covers thyself with light and with a, as with a garment? Who stretches out the heavens like a curtain? who layeth the beams of his chambers in the waters, and who makes the clouds his chariot, who walketh upon the wings of the wind, who makes his angels spirits, his ministers a flaming fire, who had laid foundations of the earth that it should not be removed forever. Thou coveredest it with a deep, as with a garment, the waters stood above the mountains, at thy rebuke they fled, and at thy voice of thy thunder they hastened away. They go up by the mountains, and they go down by the valleys into the place which thou hast founded for them. Thou hast set a bound that they thou hast set a bound that they may not pass over, that they may that they turn not again to cover the earth. He sendeth the springs into the valleys which run among the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field, and wild asses quench their thirst. By them shall the fowls of the heaven have their habitation, which sing among the branches. He watereth the hills from his chambers. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of thy works. He causes the grass to grow for the cattle and the herb for the service of man that he may bring forth food out of the earth, and wine that maketh glad the heart of man, and oil that maketh his face shine, and bread which strengthens man's heart. The trees of the Lord are full of sap, the cedars of Lebanon which he hath planted, where the birds make their nest, as for, as for the stork, the fir trees, or her house. The high hills are a refuge for the wild goats, and the rocks for the conies. He appointed the moon for seasons, 
The sun knoweth his going down. Thou makest darkness, and it is night, wherein all the beasts of the forest do creep forth. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their meat from God. The sun riseth. They gather themselves together and lay down in their dens. Man goeth forth unto his work and to his labor until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are thy works in wisdom! Hast thou made them all? The earth is full of thy riches. So is the great and wide sea, wherein are things creeping, innumerable, both small and great beasts. There go the ships. There is, there is that Leviathan whom thou hast made to play therein. These wait all upon thee, that thou mayest give them their meat in due season, that thou givest them their, they gather. They open thy, thou openest thy hand, and are filled with good. Thou hidest thy face, they are troubled. Thou takest away thy breath, and they die, and return to their dust. Thou sendest forth thy spirit, and they are created, and thou renewest the face of the earth. The glory of the Lord shall endure forever. The Lord shall rejoice in his works. He looked upon the earth, and it trembled, and he touched the hills, and they smoked. I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I am in my being. My meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. Let the sinners be consumed out of the earth, and let the wicked be no more. But bless the Lord, O my soul, praise ye the Lord. You know, King David asked for things through his, his songs. He was chased by his son. He was harassed by his enemies. And he told God, help me. Where, is your, where are you helping me? I need your help. He felt so alone. But here he turns at the very end of all of what he said. He looked out at the majesty of what God created. Have you ever done that? Have you ever just looked outside? Not at the cities, but look at the trees. Look at the birds. Look at the things that you cannot create that man cannot create look at the things that god created and marvel in his majesty you know psalms 35 is one of my favorite psalms too because i'm going to pray it over you guys i'm going to pray psalms 35 psalm 17 and psalms 91 over you because here's the thing there's times when you feel outnumbered, you feel alone, you feel overwhelmed, you feel beaten down, you feel like you can't go anymore. And one thing I learned is that the Psalms are a great encouragement for our hearts and our souls. You know, like I said, the children are getting ready to go back to school and I, I've, I've already prayed over that. But these children need prayer every day. They need you to pray a Psalms of protection over them. Even if you don't have children, if you don't know, you know there's children going to school somewhere. Give those children prayers. Psalms 35 is a prayer. I plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive against me. Fight against them that fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for mine help. Draw out also the spear and stop the way against them that persecute me, saying to my soul, I am thy salvation. 
Let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul. Let them be turned back and brought to confusion that desires my, or devises my hurt. How many of us have a person or, or people in our life, whether it's at work or in the family, that want to see you in pain and suffering, that don't want to see you succeed, that don't want to see you happy? They want you to be miserable because they're miserable. They devise hurt for you, but you know what the Word of God says? That, that He's got something for them. He says, let them be confounded and put to shame and seek at that seek after my soul. Let them be turned back and brought to confusion that devises my hurt. Let them be as the chaff before the wind and let the angel of the Lord chase them. The angel of the Lord is going to chase them. Let their way be dark and, their, and slippery and let the angel of the Lord persecute them. We don't have to do anything to them. When people desire your hurt, God's got this. God's got this. He's got you. For without cause have they hid from me a net in their pit, which without cause they have digged for my soul. They have dug for my soul this pit. Let destruction come upon them. Unaware and, oh, let's see, let me re-say this. Let destruction come upon him at unawares and let his net that he has hid catch himself. See, when the devil sets up a trap for you for using people, sometimes it springs on the people. We need to pray for mercy for them because they are not walking in God. And, this, and my soul shall be joyful in the Lord, and it shall rejoice in his salvation. And guess what? All my bones shall say, Lord, who is like unto thee, which delivers the poor for him, from him that is too strong? For him, yea, the poor that is, and the needy, from him that spoileth him. False witnesses did rise up, and they laid charge against things that I knew not. How many people have lied on you? How many people have told a lie about you? How many people have just lied in general because they are extremely jealous of you? They rewarded me evil for good to the spoiling of my soul. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting, and my prayer returned unto my own bosom. Instead of going after them in anger, you turned to fasting and prayer. Fast and pray for them because they're going to be caught in their own evil. They're going to be caught in the devilish things that they're doing. If they do not turn back to God, they're going to be caught in, in the trap that Satan has set for you, everyone. But they're going to be caught in the one that they participated in. I behaved myself as though he had been my friend or brother, and I bowed down heavily as one who mourneth for his mother. But in mine adversity, they rejoiced and gathered themselves together, yea, the abject gathering themselves together against me, and I knew it not. They did tear me and ceased not. How many people are plotting against you right now and you don't even know it? There's a lot, I can promise you, whether it's on jobs, families, friends, people you think are your friends. With hypocritical mock, mock, mock uh, I'll get it out, sorry. With hypocritical mockers in feast, they gnash upon me with their teeth. Lord, how long will thou look on? Rescue my soul from their destruction, my darling from the lions. I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. I will praise thee among much people. Let not them 
that are mine enemies wrongfully rejoice over me, neither let them wink with the eye that hate me without a cause. If you're gonna hate me, hate me because you got a reason. Don't hate me just because you, you wanna be me. There's an old saying, there's people that hate you because they wanna be you. If you hate me just because you, you wanna be me, then you need to repent. If I've given you a real reason to hate me, then hate me. That's what the word says. Do not hate me without a cause. Hate me because I serve God. Isn't that what the word says? We're gonna be hated and despised because we serve God, because we love Jesus, we love the Holy Spirit. Hate me for those reasons. Don't hate me just because you can't be me. For they speak not peace, but they devise deceitful matters against them that are quiet in the land. Yea, they opened their mouth wide against me and said, Aha, aha, our eye hath seen it. Your eye hath seen nothing. The devil showed you nothing but lies. This thou hast seen, O Lord, keep not silent. O Lord, be not far from me. Stir up thyself and awake to my judgment, even to my cause, my God and my Lord. Judge me, O Lord, my God, according to your righteousness, and let them not rejoice over me. I would rather be judged by God a thousand times than by people who think they're righteous. Let them not say in their hearts, ah, so we would have it. Let them not say we have swallowed him up. Be careful. Judgment's coming. Let them be ashamed and be brought to confusion together that rejoice at mine hurt. Let them be clothed with shame and dishonor that magnify themselves against me. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. My tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all the day long. When you have an enemy coming at you, Psalms 35 is a really good encouraging Psalms. It not only encourages your soul, but it reminds you that the battle's not yours, it's God's. He's got this, he's got you. If you don't believe that, then you don't believe God. You are in his hands always. You just got to believe it, trust it, and and, and know it. Um, psalm 17 is a really good psalms too. I love the fact that God used these psalms to, to work in our lives. You know, when we die, everybody reads Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We need to pray that one daily too. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. This isn't about death. This is about life. This is about God walking with you hand in hand. Psalms 23 is not about death. It's, it's not about somebody walking into heaven after death. I don't know why this is always used in funerals, but it is. But he restores my soul and he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Every day we walk through that valley of the shadow of death. The devil's trying to kill, steal, and destroy every day. We will fear no evil, for God is with us. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. He prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. He anoints our head with oil, our cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy 
shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That does not mean that, yes, it does mean we're going to go to heaven and we're going to dwell with him forever if you are saved and if you are living for him. I'm sorry, I've got hair bothering my, my face here. But it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. How does that how does that apply to someone who's dead? Whose body is dead? How does that apply? It doesn't. Because all the days of our life we are supposed to be living and have his goodness and mercy following us. So like I said, we need to read more Psalms. Um because there are scriptures in the Psalms that are to strengthen our heart. Let me go to Psalms 91. And there's some Proverbs too. You know, a proverb a day will keep the devil away. It also keeps the doctor away. A proverb a day gives you wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and a closer walk with God. Satan is here to kill, steal, and destroy, and to take everything that is yours, your peace, your prayer time. If you do not pray, if you don't pray, excuse me, I had to get rid of that gun for a minute, and I'm going to need a sip of water. If we do not, um, make sure I'm still going live. If we do not um, bring our hearts to God, I'm sorry, I have to remove something here. If we, um, if we're not putting God first, if we're not praying, prayer is very important. There's no peace without prayer. You will never have peace without prayer. Peace cannot come to you without prayer. And you need to pray the word. Um, several, there's so many scriptures that are prayers. We need to pray for healing. We need to pray for um, peace, deliverance. Psalm 91 covers a lot of things. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down real quick. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. If we dwell in the secret place of God, if we seek that secret place, I'm sorry, my nose has been itching today. Um, if we if we seek that secret place and we abide with Him in, in the shadow, even in His shadow, we are protected. We will say to the Lord, He is our refuge and our fortress, our God. In Him will we trust. Who do you trust? I trust God. Surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He will cover me with his feathers and under his wings. I shall trust. His truth shall be my shield and buckler. His truth, not mine. I'll have a truth. Only God's truth. I shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day nor the pestilence that walks in noonday in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. 
A thousand shall fall at my right hand and shall not come nigh me. God's going to take care of it. All i got to do is love him and trust him. If I trust him the way this word says and I, I follow his truth, a thousand shall fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come nigh me. Only with my eyes shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high my habitation. No evil shall befall me, neither shall any plague come near my dwelling. This is perfect because you've got children going to school. No plague, no evil shall come near your dwelling. I'm sorry. No evil shall befall you or your children as they go forth into these schools. God, we pray this over them, that no evil shall befall our children, neither shall any plague come near our dwellings. They will bring no sickness or disease into our homes. No sickness will touch our children. No sickness or disease will be spread from one to the other and bring it into the home. Lord, we put a blood hedge of protection over our homes and over our grandchildren and our children. Lord, we just ask you to protect them right now in the name of Jesus. We ask you to be with our nieces and our nephews. God, we just thank you, God. And we ask you to touch them right now in the name of Jesus. And some of us have aunts and uncles older than us, or younger than us. And we just ask you, God, to protect them. And God, we just ask you to be with these people and with the children and the teachers, God. Keep them safe according to your word. No evil shall befall them, and neither shall any plague come near their dwelling. For you give your angels charge over them to keep them in all your ways. They shall be the angels shall bear them up in their hands, lest they dash their foot against the stone. They shall tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shall they trample under feet. Because we have set our love upon you. Therefore you will deliver us. You will set us on high because we have known your name. We shall call upon you, God, and you will answer us. You will be with us in trouble. You will deliver us. You will honor us. With long life, will you satisfy us and show us your salvation? We thank you for that, Father God. We thank you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for that word. Um, there's a scripture that I used to pray with my daughter um, many years ago and I, I got away from it and I probably need to get back to it. It's 2 Corinthians 10 um, verse 3, 4, and 5. No, 3, 4, 5, and 6. Or 3 through 6. It says, For we walk for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war in the flesh. We fight in the spirit, guys. And the way you fight in the spirit is through fasting and prayer. The word prayer, we have got to get to praying. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not fleshly, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. How many people do you know have a stronghold on them? How many people do you know that have a stronghold in their life? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ and having the readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. 
casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I teach my teens that their mind is their mind. They can think on what they want to think on. No one can make them, not even Satan or God, can make you think anything you don't want to think. It's a choice you have to make. And I'm going to say this scripture again for you guys so that you'll, you'll know it. It is 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm writing it down. Chapter 10, verse 3 through 6. It is very important to remember this scripture. It will bring you through some dark times when you are given, trying to give up on your family. When you have that family member that, that you're like, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do. God, I don't know what to do anymore. I, I can't do physically anymore. That's when you turn spiritual. You should have been spiritual to start with as far as praying, but when you've done all you can do in the flesh, you need to turn to the God, God of the Spirit. You need to turn to the Holy Spirit. You need to walk in the Spirit. You need to fight in the Spirit. If we don't fight in the Spirit, we're not going to overcome. Fighting in the flesh does nothing, but fighting in the spirit is what we have to do. Yes, we can fight in the flesh, but God said anything that we do, what we bind on earth is bound in heaven. What we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. We need to bind all these evil spirits that are out here. The powers, the principalities, the rulers of darkness, the wickedness in high places. Satan himself needs to be bound in the name of Jesus. And we need to loose the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit and all the angels of God that are sent to comm and commissioned to do jobs. There are jobs that they are sent to and people they are sent to, to be with, protect, guide, and lead. And right now in the name of Jesus, I claim it over everyone that's listening to my voice, that we get away from listening to the devil talk to our mind. We bind those spirits that talk to our mind in the name of Jesus. We loose the Holy Spirit in us. We loose the Holy Spirit to be through us. We loose the Holy Spirit to minister through us. We need to be, be an encouragement to the world. We don't hate the world. We, we hate the sin, but we love the people because God loves the people. Those are his children. They're his daughters and sons. And when you reject them, you reject God. Don't reject the people, reject the sin. That goes for those that are gluttonous and eating too much. That goes for those that tell the white lies. That goes for the fornicators. That goes for the adulterers. That goes for the alcoholic um, abusers of their own bodies. It goes for everyone. Don't judge. Because I'm sure you've got something that you need to be repented for bad thought, an evil thought toward a person because they made you angry. You used to call it, everybody used to call it road rage. It became rage period. Because we put a name on it. When we put a name on it, we gave life to it. Be careful what you give life to because your words will give life to things. We don't want to give life to the devil and his words. We don't want to give life to destruction. We want to give life to freedom, deliverance, healing. You know, there was a woman in the Bible that Jesus delivered after many years. She was bound by Satan, and on the Sabbath, he healed her. And he asked them, he said, shouldn't a daughter of Abraham be healed? 
Is it wrong to lose her from her bonds, of the bonds Satan has put on her? Sometimes the devil does put things on us physically. We've allowed it through our minds, through our thoughts. We think it, then we give it a name. And guess what? Once you name it, it becomes real and it becomes life. Words have power. Words are life and death. The Bible says the power of life and death is in your tongue. Your tongue speaks life or death. Which one are you going to speak today? Are you going to speak life or are you going to speak death? I know I'm not like the most cheerful person. I look like the most cheerful person when I'm speaking, but you know what? It's a serious matter. I prefer to do it without being seen. I like to do the radio because you can't see my face and all the weird face expressions I make. But I guess God wants it done this way uh, because we've moved to this step. And I just want to encourage everyone. Don't lose hope. When it seems dark, turn to your jewel. How many of you get thirsty and dry in this heat that we've been having? Turn to your Gatorade. This is your Gatorade. This is what's going to encourage you. This is what's going to replenish you, energize you, give you everything you need to survive. This is your Gatorade in this heat. You know, we all go through seasons in life. Um, the seasons that we go through are these. There's four seasons on earth. There's spring. Summer. It actually starts in winter because of our months, but it's spring, summer, winter, spring, summer, fall, and winter. We're in the season of summer right now on earth. And what you need to understand is, on Earth, it's hot. It's hotter. It's hot like hell. So here's the thing. If you don't want to go to hell, step outside, spend a few minutes, and it will. I promise you it will change your mind if you think you want to go to hell. This heat is no joke. We need to get out of this heat. So on top of that, when you're going through the heat, it drains you. The season that we're in as a Christian of summer, it drains us. It, it burns our calories, our energy. It, it leaves us, we start off great in summer. Summer's not too bad, but when you start getting into the hotter and the longer, you know, the harder work of, of the harvest. See, in the beginning part, you're, you're still enjoying that planted season where you're you're still planting seeds and, and you're nourishing those seeds and you're watering those seeds and you're you're weeding out those seeds. You're, you're, you're weeding out through prayer. You're weeding out through whatever. And guess what? You've got plants now. Now it's time to harvest, but the sun is high and it's hot and it's dry. And sometimes we have to truck in that water to the plant to keep it producing and the sad part of this is, is we, sometimes we, we give up on the plants if you've ever had a garden you've given up on plants right I promise you I have I've given up on plants I've let them wither in the sun but Holy Spirit shared with me that if we that we as Christians do that to new Christians 
to babies and, and the people we've, we've planted the seed in. And, and we walk away and we let them either wither up or, or somebody else will come along and they'll water them and, and they'll nourish them and they help produce the fruit. We gotta quit being lazy gardeners and, and lazy harvesters because God said the harvest is truly great but the workers are few and we need to make sure we're working. When we get too hot, and we get tired, and we feel like we can't go on, grab your Gatorade. Grab your Gatorade. Take this Gatorade and drink it two or three times a day as you need to. I'm guilty. I'm guilty in the flesh of not drinking enough Gatorade, and I'm guilty in the, in the spirit of not drinking enough Gatorade. But I gotta get better at it. And that's what this whole journey on earth is about, is to be better together. It's to encourage one another, to help one another, to drink the Gatorade, to go out there and harvest what we need to harvest, to continually get up every day and move forward. And, you know, I said earlier I was going to ask you guys to pray with me. I have to go tomorrow and have um, plasma put into my knees because my knees have decided to have no fluid, um, they are bone on bone, and one of them has been replaced. The kneecap has been replaced, so I've got plastic and metal rubbing against each other, and what little bone is in, still exposed, it, it causes issues. And I'm, I'm believing God can refill that fluid, and He may be doing it this way. Um, this may be the way that He re-energizes my knees and heals them. Um, just pray that I follow his lead. I'm asking you to pray with me that I'm listening to the Holy Spirit on what I need to do, on the direction I need to take, and the steps that I need to follow according, you know, even sometimes, you know, my doctors know me. If I'm not comfortable with it, I, I won't do it. I just need to be sure that this is not just the shots, but that anything else he wants to do or feels like needs to be done, that it is of God and that I will know the difference. So, Father God, I come to you tonight and I ask you as I lay hands on my knees, I ask you to touch them right now in the name of Jesus and give me peace about what uh, we need to do um, to further the steps, Lord, so that I can continue on the mission that you've got for me here on earth. Lord, that I can continue to do the work that you've called me to. God, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus to supernaturally heal my knees. I ask you to heal them, um, you know, as we go to the doctor in the morning, God, I'm asking you right now to just minister to my heart and to my mind. I, I feel like this is of you. I, I truly feel like you're, you're sending me on this path because um, the way, what's going to be done is you putting me back in me and fixing me with me. And I believe that, and I believe with all my heart that I have God, that I have Jesus' blood flowing through my body. And when they do what they need to do tomorrow, that, that supernatural healing is going to take place. And God, I just thank you right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the listeners. I thank you for everyone that's tuned in on Facebook and YouTube and on the podcast that listen to it and on the radio. Um, didn't tell y'all, but I've got the radio going too. So I just I just honor you, God. I honor you for everything, for your word, for your Gatorade. Get us through this harvest season, Lord. Get us into the fall so that so that when I come back to talk about the fall, that, that they will understand what I mean. Because fall is coming. It is wonderful. It is a beautiful time. 
It's going to lead to a more beautiful time. It's going to lead to another beautiful time. And when I, oh, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for the seasons because these seasons are coming. And God, when it, oh, shut the curioso, todo mata, curioso, todo mata, curioso, todo mata, curioso, todo the seasons are coming. Be ready for them. When you learn what they are, you'll be amazed at how you've been living your seasons. I'm bringing the word of the season to you. Stay tuned. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Oh, Lord. I'm going a few minutes early. And I'm getting ready to shut down here. God's going to bring the seasons to you. He's laid it on my heart. And you'll either hear it on a Sunday morning here at Bowden Church of God, or you'll hear it through Tower of Power, or you'll hear it, I don't know, you'll just hear it somehow. He's bringing the seasons to you. He wants you to understand them, and he wants you to live in them with everything that you have. There's a full abundance in these seasons that he is talking about. Just like the seasons we have on earth, these are seasons that our spirit goes through. And he wants to share that with you. He wants you to understand it and know it above everything else. He wants you to know it. So with that, I'm going to say good night to you guys. Um, I would love to see you here tomorrow night, 6.30. We feed you. 7 o'clock, we have adult Bible study. We have elementary and middle school class. Thursday, in two weeks, we will have our teen class back at 6.30. Um, and I think Sunday night, this Sunday night, I believe we're having a men's and women's ministry meeting, uh, meeting about Bible study type thing. Um, so come out and join us here at 1030 West College Street in Bowden, Georgia. If you have any questions or you need any, uh, any you want something answered, uh, the phone number for the church is 770-940-4813. Um, you can reach us through uh, the phone and um, email. Um, honestly, I don't know the email, but it's on our website at bowdencog.org. Um, I do check it. Um, you may uh, email us if you need an email, but um, you can also text the church phone as well as you can text. And I recommend you text because if it's a number that I don't recognize, I don't usually answer the phone. Um, if you want to, if you have a question, I recommend you text it to the phone number at 770-940-4813. Um, you can text at any time. When I have a moment, I will get back to you as soon as I can. Um, with that, I want to say um, we love you guys. God bless. Have a great evening. Have a great rest of your week. And hope to see you here either tomorrow night or Sunday morning. Love y'all. Maybe.